Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who loves technology, Brandon Siegel. How you doing? I'm doing well. That is true. I'm, I'm a big tech nerd. Uh, I'm really just a nerd in general about a lot of different things, uh, but technology is definitely one of them, uh, for sure. Uh, a man who I have taught everything he knows about technology is, of course, our other co-host, Ben O'Brien. Ben, how are you today? I'm doing well. I'd like to point out, Trevor, about 30 seconds ago, you said you didn't have an intro, and then you thought of that, so um, that's a little suspect, Trevor. I yeah, think you're getting sus. lazy with your intros. You're getting, you're getting lazy with your intros, Trevor. Trevor, I, I expect about. you have seven days in between these episodes to think of an intro. I expect you to be thinking every day, all day we, about we what We might the need to review your co-host yeah, uh, to the board. I think you're right. I think we're going to have to right. have I'm going to have to really this, yeah. think hard next time and make sure I have one that's going to really just like shock you you're gonna be like wow trevor that was an amazing intro i can't believe you would even think of that i mean trevor that's what the people come yeah for. like that's they that's come from my intro, honestly right? we can just cut the episode now we can just cut the episode because yeah. you know everyone comes for the intro the intro today was lackluster we're oh, out of okay. here you know yeah <laughs> well, well maybe we should talk just a little bit about sports before we get out of here uh, as this is a sports podcast um so let's start off in small talk uh, we had the NBA start this this week, right, Trevor? That's that's like that's your favorite time of Absolutely. year. Absolutely, I mean, it's better for than Christmas for you, right? Well, I mean, it is. I mean, it is Christmas. You have the Christmas Day games on Christmas. I mean, that's maybe. I'm, well, I don't know if I'd say it's the best part of Christmas, but the NBA, yes, it's it's uh, a very good time for me. So we had a little list come out that makes no sense to me, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts, Trevor. We had the it's the 75th anniversary of the NBA. Uh, they made an amazing commercial about it. I've seen it many times, and I like the commercial a lot. Uh, they made a top 75 list uh, that actually isn't 75 players. It's 76 players. I guess there was a tie at the end. Uh, I don't know why they couldn't just, you know, I don't think it's that serious. Just take one of those players out, you know, make it 75. Uh, and a lot of questionable things happening on this list. Uh, and, you know, the time they dropped it was kind of weird, too. Uh, so, Trevor, what, what are your thoughts on, on this list and the fact there's a tie? Is there anyone you hope to see on the list that isn't on it and does this list even matter you know yeah so obviously you know this is kind of a extension of the nba 50 list that they did you know 25 years ago which included you know at the time obviously you know the 50 greatest players of all time at that point now they're doing a 75 and then presumably i think they will do 125 years um now there's a lot of weird things about this list it's um it, there's a lot of flaws to it there's a lot of reasons why it's strange uh, one of which is just like, if you're going to have your top 50 list, um, why even like bother reannouncing uh, those 50 again on 75? Like just add, like if you're going to do it this way, if you're going to have this thing like, oh, 75th anniversary, anniversary team, just mm -hmm. have the 50 that you already announced and then just add 25 to it. I think that's the first issue that they didn't really do. They should have just added 25. Um, I think the other thing is, which is kind of a counterpoint to that, is like if you look at it and you try to compare players from this era to eras like the 1960s, 1950s, it's very difficult. I mean, this is something that when we did our top 25 greatest players of all time list, uh, this is something we all talked about. We did that last April. It was a great podcast. You should go listen to it. Um, it was actually a two-parter, um, so just a quick uh, plug there great podcast but anyway i you know it's very hard to compare players of different eras and i can look at this list and i can say well you know certain guys that you go and you watch their highlights from the 60s you see these like awkward looking jump shots you see the the slow pace 
like there was one like there, there have been so many people that have like been putting like clips together of like Kyrie Irving versus Billy Cunningham it's just like why was Kyrie Irving snubbed or like Clay Thompson versus this player from the 60s or Tracy McGrady versus this player from the 60s and it clearly looks like the players of this age are definitely better than the eras of the 60s and that's what makes it so difficult comparing eras comparing players that play now versus then because of how technology is advanced because of the conditioning how popular the sport is how many people grow up you know training to be an nba basketball player for 15 years of their life whereas that wasn't the case in the 50s 60s so it's there's so many different difficult things to this but with that said i still like it i still like the the prospect of having this list it's kind of like you know for your birthday right if you get a gift from someone who you didn't even expect a gift from, like say uh, Ben got me a gift for my birthday, and I didn't even expect a gift from Ben because Ben, he doesn't need to give me a gift. Ben's already a great friend. I don't expect a gift from you, Ben. But, but I'm Team Trevor, so but I would if you did, if you gave me a Absolutely. gift and you gave me this new pair of shoes, and it's like, okay, there, you get me like a pair of new balances, right? And I'm like, all right, thank you, Ben. I'm appreciative that you got me this nice pair of new balances. And you know, will I wear them? Maybe once or twice, but like, I would have much preferred a pair of Nikes. Like, that's just the reality. That's kind of a harsh reality, but that's just kind of the case. So I like the list, but obviously there's a lot of better ways that they could have done this if they were going to do it. And, you know, you could argue maybe if, if you're really like a purist and you don't like this type of thing, maybe you would argue that they shouldn't have done it at all because it's weird and it's not ex- not exactly a perfect representation of the best 75 players. And also, another point I didn't even mention, there's not even 75 players on this list. There's 76 because it's a tie. But um, regardless, I think that's kind of where I would end it. Um, snubs and debates, we could talk about that. Like personally, my one that I thought, I thought Dwight Howard should have made the list just because eight-time All-NBA, five-time All-Defensive. He beat uh, LeBron's team in 09 Eastern Conference Finals, led them to a finals as the best player. I thought he deserved it, but that's really it for me. I mean, if you guys wanted to mention anything about this list, um, but it's it's definitely strange. Yeah, this this is a, a weird list. Uh, there's uh, some like really old players that I don't really even know that much about. I don't know. Not a lot of thoughts on this list, but anything else you want to mention before we kind of move on to the first week of the NBA? I think this is so smart by the NBA because there's no such thing as bad publicity. So you have people on like Twitter um, that are arguing about two players that haven't played in like 50 years that a lot of people have never even heard of deciding if they should be on the list or if somebody else should be on the list. Um, so I, I, first of all, I, I agree with Trevor. I like it. I think it's interesting to see who the NBA or whoever you know of the NBA is making this list who they who they think are the you know the most important or most influential people in the league's history but also just the fact that you're getting people um to talk about this and, and to debate this list and to to be mad about it or be happy about it um with a lot of people that we haven't seen play in years and years and years I think it's awesome for the league I think it's good for the sport of basketball so I hope they continue to do this because I'm entertained by the by the thought of the debates that happen and the different arguments that occur um as a result of it yeah, it is, it is for sure very, very interesting. But let's move to the first week of the NBA. And Trevor, I, I know you've been itching to talk about NBA stuff on the podcast for months. Uh, we've been uh, quite a while here without the NBA. It's our first full season back uh, in kind of the right rotation since COVID started. Uh, so Trevor, 
I'm, I'm, I'm breaking the, uh, the, the doors down. What, what would you like to talk about in terms of the NBA? Yeah, so we've had now, I mean, games started on Tuesday, the 19th, so it's been about five days. I really just want to go through a few first impressions, um, just things that I took away. Uh, the first one being, I think I have to mention the Lakers. I have to talk about them because it's, they're talking about everywhere. I'm going to make it quick because I don't, I, I want to spend teams on other team. I want to spend time on other teams that don't get as much love necessarily, but the Lakers, they're going to have to work through some problems. I don't want to overreact to them losing their first two games. Uh, they were against two good teams, uh, the Warriors and the Suns, who the Warriors, by the way, they, they look really good. And then we know Phoenix has made the NBA Finals. But the Lakers have some problems, um, and it's kind of it, it's not necessarily something that's surprising. Like LeBron and Westbrook, they are both ball dominant players. Uh, they want the ball in their hands to create and score, um, and and that's kind of necessary. And that's why you know we we've seen already you know some things where it's it's kind of tough for them. But I think there are ways where you know Frank Vogel can adjust um, and play different lineups. Like for example. And this is something that's been mentioned by many people. Like playing Rondo with Westbrook makes absolutely no sense. Doesn't make sense at all. You should never play those two players together. Um, they do similar things, I think overall. Although Westbrook is, you know, he he wants to do not just uh, creating but also scoring himself. I think Westbrook and Davis can really have a lot of success on the floor together. Um, but it's again, it's going to take time. I think what Westbrook does. Um, is really like obviously his athleticism, which isn't quite the same, but it's his athleticism, it's his playmaking, um, and it's his ability to get to the basket and create for others um, in transition, especially. So I think opportunities where that uh, can manifest itself off of you know missed buckets from the opposition, uh, turnover stuff like that. That's re- really where he's going to thrive with Anthony Davis, um, especially. And then players like Malik Monk, who's a really good shooter, had a good season with the Hornets. I think, you know, more lineups with, like, Westbrook, Monk, Davis, where LeBron's on the bench, stuff like that. Um, There's been some people that have, you know, talked about, like, should Russell Westbrook come off the bench on this team? Um, I think you can consider that, um, having him be as, like, a sixth man, because, again, him in lineups with LeBron, it is definitely something that's going to be tough throughout the year. Um, I don't know if I would go that far yet to say he should come off the bench, but I think really like there should never be a time where um, two of those three aren't on the floor together, particularly, um, or at least one, I guess. But ideally, you have at least two of those guys on the floor. And I think if Westbrook plays, you know, 28 to 30 minutes and LeBron plays, you know, 32, 34 minutes, but you really stagger those two players specifically – that's where it can work out because I think Westbrook with the second unit, um, maybe with Davis as well, but particularly with the second unit, that's where I think you can see a lot of success with the Lakers, and that's how I think they're going to win a lot of regular season games. Even still, I think um, maybe these first 10 to 15 games can be rough, but I think there will be a turn where Vogel will start to figure some of these lineups out, and you'll see how Westbrook can thrive with the second unit. I, I still see that uh, coming. Um, in the future, and that's why I'm I'm not overreacting. Uh, next thing, quick, is just like I watched a couple of the Sacramento Kings games, and I just want to say that they're a fun team. I really enjoy watching them play. Uh, love De'Aaron Fox, obviously. You know, not the best shooter, but the way he can create for others. Um, you know, on offense, and then you have Tyrese Halliburton, who I absolutely love, um, and then Davion Mitchell, who is an incredible defender already. The offense is going to take time. Uh, to develop for sure, but the defense is insane. 
um, watching him strip the ball from Donovan Mitchell in their game Friday night against Utah and some of the other plays he made were just incredible. And I think the third thing that I want to point out, and this will be the last thing that I wanted to point out, is um, John Morant, just in general. I think John Morant, you know, is going to have a huge season. I, I'm, I mean, he's going to make the All-Star team, undoubtedly. Uh, in his first two games, he had 37 in the first game against the Cavs. I think he had 28 the other night. Pretty efficient as well in both of those games. And John Morant, just look out for him. I think he averaged about 19 a game last season. I, I could easily see John Morant averaging 24, 25 a game, you know, 7, 8 assists. Watch out for John Morant. I think he's going to have a monster year. Yeah, no, well, we'll for sure have to see. We're just getting started on the NBA season. Um, but let's move to college football before we get to our NFL main topic today. Um, going to college football here, uh, interesting week. Not an enormous amount of upsets, not an enormous amount of parity, uh, but we did see some big ones for sure. We saw Penn State, number seven, go down. We saw Oklahoma State lose at Iowa State. Um, so so we had, we had some, some big games. Um, you know, Miami beat NC State. Ben, I'd like to go to you here to talk a little bit about Cincinnati. It's where you are. you got a ton of friends uh, that went to Cincinnati. Yeah. They're 7-0, and number two in the nation. I mean, this has to be a crazy time. Um, yeah, it's crazy, and they're a good team. I'm not saying they're not a good team, but I think they showed yesterday that I just don't think, and I have a lot of friends that would agree with me, I don't think they are the second-best team in the country. Um, that's just my opinion. I, I've watched them play. I think Desmond Ritter, um, he's a good quarterback, but I, I, it really bothers me when, when like the media and you know the announcers will say that he's a dark horse candidate for the Heisman. I don't think he is a top-four quarterback in the country or whatever you need to be to be in the Heisman uh, race. He's a good quarterback, but I don't think he's a stud or anything. Um, they're a good team. They are, and it's it's awesome to see. And I mean, just if you take a step back and look, and you go, there's a an American team, an American athletic conference. They are ranked number two in the country ahead of teams like Alabama, like Ohio State, like in Oklahoma. It's just crazy to think about. Um, and I want to see them continue to win out. I I think a lot of people want to see them win out because it, then it puts the college football playoff committee in an interesting position where. For all these years, they've had either an excuse or a good reason to maybe leave out a, a team that's not a Power Five. Um, if Cincinnati can continue to win, and I guess they need to win by more than seven against teams like Navy, but if they can continue to win and continue to look good, it puts that committee in an interesting spot of do they truly value the product on the field or do they value what the brand of, of that school is and what the brand of that program is. Um, so it's very exciting, and it's exciting to see how – you have all these other Power 5 teams, which we'll probably get to, that don't look that great either. So um, there's a lot of chaos in college football this year. And I think hopefully that will benefit the University of Cincinnati Bearcats in terms of if you can get these Power 5 teams that don't, even these one or two lost Power 5 teams that don't look that great, that might propel Cincinnati into a playoff spot mm -hmm. if they continue to do everything that they need to do on the field and take care of what is what is in front of them up to this point. Yeah, they just need to win. That's that's all they got to do. They win Absolutely. out, and then I, there's no excuse not to put them in. And you're right. It would be so interesting to see the committee have to make this decision to not put a Power 5 team in. Because most likely, then, you're you're leaving out two, potentially three conferences. I mean, if Alabama—and yeah. this, this is going to create so, so much great stuff, especially if it's Alabama and Ohio State 4 and 5 like they are right now, and you have to decide between— Cincinnati, Alabama, and Ohio State. And Ohio State's the left-out team and is not the best team in Ohio. That would give me so much joy. So I hope that happens. Sure would. I don't think Alabama will make it because the thing is, is if Jordan and Alabama are at the they end, they're both going to have to play Georgia, each probably. other. 
Um, yeah. And I, if Georgia beats them again, I mean, I don't think Alabama will make nah, it. It'll be interesting if Alabama wins that, though, wins the conference. Um, yeah. I mean, that's going to be a wonderful game. And uh, we see Ohio State win the Big Ten. Uh, Oklahoma win the Big Ten. Cincinnati win uh, the AAC. So it'll be very, very interesting. Trevor, I'm going to throw this over to you. Anything you want to mention in college football before we kind of move on? Yeah, the one thing that just stood out as I was looking at this is I see Wake Forest is ranked, and not only are mm-hmm. they ranked, Good team. they are number 16, Sam Hartman I believe. Sam baller. I believe they're number 16. Yeah. And uh, not only that, did you see how many points they put up in their pre- in their game oh that God. just happened? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't believe it. I didn't expect Wake Forest to be this, like, breakout team who suddenly, I mean, I, I don't know, like, to, to what level it is. I don't know if they're going to keep up this undefeated streak or not. Like, you know, they still play a couple good teams. But it, I'm just – it's just something I wanted to mention because it's surprising. You know, Wake Forest in their history in general, I mean, I don't remember the last time they were as good as they seemingly are right now. It's definitely a, a surprise. Yeah, and one other thing I'd like to mention before we move on is the Penn State-Illinois game. I did not watch this game. I didn't watch it. Um, but what I see here is there were nine overtimes. Yeah. Is that yeah. correct? We had nine overtimes in, in a college football game. In college overtime is just they get one possession each, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, so it, it makes a little bit of sense, but still, nine overtime game. I mean, that's, well, that's well, a lot And of here's action. the thing, Brent. Here's the crazy part about that. I didn't watch it, but the crazy thing is, like, they, they made that new rule where after, I think, starting the third overtime, it's basically just a two-point conversion. It's not you don't even start the twenty five. You just do one play, two point conversion, um, and it still went to nine overtimes because I think it was like it was something like five or ten two point conversions in a row were were no good, were failed. So both teams went five, zero for five in like in, in like a five you know play stretch for both mm-hmm. teams. They both went zero for five in these two point conversions. So the idea was you're not even giving them a chance for a drive at starting the twenty five. Starting in the third or fourth overtime, you just do one play because that'll hopefully end it real quick. Which gotcha. is one of the teams has to get it, and both teams missed five two-point conversions in a row which ended up was why it went to nine overtimes because they both just looked terrible and neither team really deserved yeah. to win that uh, game it kind of feels like penalty kicks I at know. that point you know like it's just yeah that's just what that was the comparison is like it feels like it's just penalty kicks you're just either you get it or you don't very very interesting well we'll move on to the nfl i feel like that's enough college for today we'll have a ton of college football content next week we have actually so brandon hold on can i do something can you, I, you, I have one you can do whatever you. you want i have one question for you i i want to know because i actually i'm genuinely interested Michigan Wolverines are ranked number six right now. Yes. What is? I, I guess I'll ask you what what is your what are your expectations for this season? Are you is is Michigan's goal here to to go undefeated? Is that realistic, or is their goal here to win every game and then maybe lose to Ohio State? Like, what is a realistic expectation for the rest of the season for the Michigan Wolverines? So I I think if if you're talking in terms of goals, I think a goal could be to win out. Um, Absolutely. I, I yeah. think it's realistic. I mean, they're Michigan. They should. That should yeah. be their goal. I think it's realistic, but I do not think it will happen. I mean, they got okay. they got three very difficult games, two of which are away. I mean, they got to play Ohio State at home, which is nice, but they got to play Michigan State and Penn State on the road. I, I think a realistic shot at, at going undefeated is there. Um, however, the odds are not in their favor, and if I was a betting man, I definitely would not bet for that at all. Uh, those three games are going to be very, very tough. This Michigan State game next week, uh, noon on Fox is going to be very difficult. The thing about Michigan that is handicapping them is their quarterback play. Cade McNamara is not a fabulous quarterback at all. He will not be in the NFL. If he somehow makes it to the NFL, I'd be very surprised if he leaves a practice squad. Uh, he's just not a great player. 
they have backup J.J. McCarthy, five-star recruit from this past series, a freshman. I absolutely love him. Not that they should play him necessarily. They've been winning, you know. They have this insane run uh, uh, game, insane run game. Blake Corum, uh, Donovan Edwards, Hassan Haskins have been just wonderful. Um, but when you go up against teams like Michigan State and Ohio State that have good D-lines, this is going to be a tough game to win. Um, if I was being realistic, realistic then, and I had to make a prediction, I think they'll they'll lose two of those three games. I could see them beating Michigan okay. State or Penn State. I think there's no way they beat Ohio State. In fact, I think Ohio okay. State has done actually, a quite weird thing. I think the start of the year was a little bit rougher for them, and they've really gotten to come together here where C.J. Stroud's really hitting his stride. Um, you see Henderson, the running back, uh, who looks really, really good. Uh, I have high expectations for Ohio State the rest of the year. I think Ohio State will win out. Um, and I, I think it's going to be very tough for Michigan to get to that point. Um, I'll say this. I'll say this. Right now, Ohio State is one loss. If they lose to Michigan State and win out, they I mean, they can make – they'll, they'll probably make the Big Ten championship. So I, I there's, there's, there is potential for them uh, to, to win out and do really well if they don't win out. However, I, I, I would not – I cannot try to predict that that's going to happen. So my guess would be that they will not make the Big Ten championship. Uh, they'll have probably two losses on their record. Uh, probably make a you know a, a, an Outback Bowl esque maybe New Year's Six, uh, but I yeah. think that's probably a little bit doubtful. Of it. So my prediction will be Outback Bowl for them. They're gonna play a. That's the Michigan special right there. Oh, they'll probably play like a. The Outback Bowl. Yeah. They'll probably play. <laughs> it's Arkansas. just called the Michigan Bowl, man. They're always in that Outback. <laughs> yeah, bowl. I I say it'll be Arkansas, Michigan, and the uh, the Outback Bowl. That's that'll be what I think that their season comes to. Hopefully, okay. that was a good enough answer for you, Benny. Well, it was, and it's just the last thing is it's just interesting because I mean we're less than a year removed from from experts saying that there's no way Jim Harbaugh comes back next year, um, and now he's got this team that I mean I I get it they're ranked number six and maybe they're not actually the sixth best team in the country, but I mean they're rolling right now and they're 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 plowing through the Big Ten right now. I get it they still got some games to play, but it I mean Michigan being a top six team is was what the standard that Michigan is, so it's impressive to see kind of, you know, um, John Harbaugh, or Jim Harbaugh, excuse me, um, kind of bounce back from what is considered probably his worst season in college football last year. Yeah, I, I think Harbaugh's a, a pretty good coach, and I've talked to you guys about how I, I want to get rid of him. And I think this year kind of shows that this team is not a talent-filled team. Uh, they, they don't have, like, crazy talent. Uh, they do have some individually very talented player. Aiden Hutchinson will be a top-ten pick in the draft next year. Um but it's, it's not like an incredibly stacked team in any sense. I mean, their their talent gap between Ohio State is the biggest it's ever been. Uh, and I, I really, really believe that. Even if they were to win the Ohio State game, I still believe that. Uh, the talent gap is just enormous. Um, you know, so I, I think that, like I said, I think this year has potential. They're not a bad team in any sense. Uh, but this is, this is one of Jim Harbaugh's weaker, it's one of his weaker teams for sure. And I, I think that shows volumes to how good the coaching staff has been yeah, and how absolutely. good Harbaugh is. I, I do really believe he's a good coach, and I know the Ohio State fans think that the only important thing in the entire year is that Ohio State game. I mean, it's not. You know, if you go 10-3 and three in a season, why are you firing a coach that wins 10 games ever? You know? That's crazy. I, I, it seems to me like they're on the road to probably have 10 or 11 wins if they— if I mean, they, they only have three quite difficult games left. If they can pick up one of those, I mean, they're probably going to win— Probably only going to lose three games on the year, maybe two if they win the bowl game. So I, I think realistically, ten and three, eleven and two on this season um, is is very reachable. Uh, the goal I think could be going, you know, undefeated and making the playoff. But I, I think that's going to be a quite an uphill battle. But Harbaugh's been great. He really has been great. 
Um, let's let's move on to the NFL. We got a lot of NFL stuff to talk about today. Um, very briefly, we'll have some of our takeaways from last week. Uh, I want to start with the Browns um, from the previous week. Obviously, we saw their Thursday night game where they you know they 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 beat uh they beat the Broncos. They beat the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Um, but the week before, we saw the Browns tumble uh, quite hard against the Cardinals at home. Um, there's there's a lot of things to talk about in this game. You know, Baker Baker Mayfield's Baker Mayfield. All right. Uh, I don't think you're going to be winning games with him. I, I don't care that people say he's hurt. I don't think it really matters. Uh, it's on his non-throwing shoulder. It doesn't seem like it affects him overly much. Yes, an injury is an injury. It's there. Uh, it seems like whenever Baker is talked about, uh, someone has to bring up that he's injured and then... Uh, the Browns fans complain about the refs a lot. I think ultimately this is what the, the the thing is to say. The Browns fandom and you know the Browns themselves probably had Super Bowl aspirations this year, and I think this year they learned that the Super Bowl is not easy to get to. I think people don't understand how hard it is to win games in the NFL. I mean, I I, I saw Browns fans predicting that the Broncos game to be like forty-seven to eleven or something or thirteen. I'm like, where are you getting these predictions? I'm like, they they have a bad quarterback and no starting running backs, and this could be a very low-scoring game against a very good defense, which it was. Uh, so I I think the expectation Browns fans are obviously illogical. We're well past that. I mean, we all know this this information, um, but the the expectations need to be reset. Uh, as an understanding of what to expect for the future. Next year is not going to be easier. You either have to extend Baker or sign a quarterback uh, that is better than Baker, which isn't that difficult to do. But besides the fact, uh, they're not going to have everyone they have this year next year. You know, when they're paying Baker Mayfield $15 more million each year uh, than he's currently getting paid, almost $20 million more, uh, it's going to be a very different Cleveland Browns team. And I think uh, the fact that they're 3-3 three and three right now and really hitting this injury bug, which I don't wish injuries on anybody, uh, but they got a lot of injuries now themselves. Uh, you know, you look at the Ravens, who have had an enormous amount of success while sustaining an enormous amount of very key injuries. I mean, Ronnie Stanley's out for the year. Marcus Pierce is out for the year. OJ Fort, both starting running backs. Sammy Watkins is now injured. I mean, they're they're injury-ridden across the entire team of very important positions, or uh, very important players at important positions. Uh, this is just, it's very, very depressing as a Browse fan. I, I would be very, very upset. Uh, and there would need to be some sort of change. It doesn't seem like they're calling for that. It seems like they're calling for the referees to change, uh, which is not the best. Uh, but, Trevor, I'm going to go to you, talk about the Browns or whatever else, other takeaways you want to talk about in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, you're you're typically, you're typically almost always very hard on the Browns, and I get it. You don't like them. You're a Ravens fan. Totally understandable. But, I mean, the Browns, you, you know, just to, I guess, push back, like, the Browns do have a ton of injuries, and I know you said that. Um, similar to the Ravens, similar to, like, you know, just like every year, we have a team or a few teams that, you know, it, it seems like they're going to do really well, and then for whatever reason, it's just like the, you know, one of the worst years as far as injuries. Like the 49ers last year, you know, they were projected to be, you know, one of the best four or five teams, and it's like, okay, they're coming off of this Super Bowl appearance, and then they just ran into a ton of injuries, and it was like, okay, the, you know, it's, it's that type of year for the San Francisco 49ers. It's injuries, and, and that's why they were as bad as they were last year. But And the Ravens had, I think, that to a lesser extent last year. They were able to kind of overcome it and get to the playoffs still, but it was kind of similar. And this year, we're seeing um, some different teams with that, and the Browns are one of those teams, whereas last year, um, you know, they might have had a few injuries last year, but it wasn't anything like this. Um, so now that they're having, you know, a lot of these key injuries like the 49ers did last year, like the Ravens have, it's obviously affecting them a lot. 
and that's something that they're going to have to work through. But as far as this year, the rest of the year goes, I mean, this Baker Mayfield injury, it definitely seems like it does affect him. Uh, when, you know, when he's going to come back, I don't know. But it's definitely um, a pretty a pretty big injury, it seems like, at least in the short term, uh, for this Brown season. And ultimately, I mean, with these injuries, it just kind of seems like this isn't the Browns' year anymore. Now that they're 4-3, and three, they just got destroyed by the Cardinals. They're out there barely beating the Broncos with Case Keenum and still have a lot of their players injured. So it's it's going to be tough uh, for the Browns this year, but it's, it's really just kind of unlucky, I think, ultimately. Um, as far as in general, I mean, in general, I didn't think of the Browns as a Super Bowl team because... Uh, I mean, it's it's really tough to make the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl, and there are just the, you know the teams that they have to go through, the teams they have to beat. It's so key if you get in those close games to you know put together a game-winning drive, make a big third-down throw, a big fourth-down throw. And you look at last year, and this is something I've talked about multiple times. Like the four quarterbacks that were in the conference championship games were four of the best six, like Josh Allen, Mahomes, Brady, and Rodgers. Those were like four of the best six. And I think that's going to continue to be a trend. We see how much uh, the NFL favors the offense uh, more and more. And when you don't have one of these elite quarterbacks, that's going to make it tough. So, I mean, this offseason, I was already thinking, like, you know, with all this Aaron Rodgers drama that you had this past summer, if you're the Cleveland Browns, if you can somehow try to go in there and get Aaron Rodgers, trade for him, you know, whatever the case may be, do it. Because Aaron Rodgers is someone who can elevate an already talented team to a Super Bowl. I mean, he took the Packers team last year that had a pretty weak defense. I mean, that secondary was pretty bad. And they still were, you know, a really good regular season team made the NFC Championship game. If you give them a Browns team who, now granted they have injuries, but a Browns team who who is healthy, who does have, you know, running backs like Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, you know, the offensive line that they have, just like the offensive line. I mean, Aaron Rodgers can take that team to a Super Bowl and they would win. And I think, I mean, this year, if they would have been healthy, even even last year, let's say last year, last year you put Aaron Rodgers on the Cleveland Browns, I think, and again, they would have to beat the Bucs, they would have to beat the Chiefs, but I think they might have won the Super Bowl. I think, well, they would have beaten the Chiefs and then they would have probably made the Super Bowl. Would they have beaten the Bucs? I don't know, but they would have made the Super Bowl last year with Aaron Rodgers, and that's kind of what it is. Like You have to decide if you're a Browns fan, is it more important to you to be loyal to this player that you love, this player that you love rooting for in Baker Mayfield, or is it more important to you to win at all costs and to get whatever quarterback is necessary to take you to that Super Bowl win? You know, That's just a decision you got to make. Um, yeah. It's it's interesting you say that too, Trevor, because I I fully agree with that last part you said about Rodgers. If the Browns, the Browns should do everything in their power to go get Rodgers next year. Uh, it, he'll be a free agent, so they're gonna gonna have to give him money. Um, but that would be an attractive place to go if, if I was Aaron Rodgers. You're gonna win a lot of games. I mean, the Browns have a very good team around them, um, and right now Baker is is playing this role of I'm gonna do what needs to be done to win, but I'm not going to be able to win my team a game. You know, every time we see Baker go out there, it seems like he's he's just fine. You know, he hands it off to the running backs, they get 200 yards, and then it opens up the pass, and then he throws for 250 yards, where 190 of them are after the catch because he throws five yard little outs. I mean, that's that's the type of quarterback he is. But you get someone like Rodgers that is that is so electric, um, and they have the ability to do it in terms of camp room. Uh, they're going to win a lot of games. I hope it doesn't happen. I hope they keep Baker Mayfield for the Ravens' perspective. Um, that would be great for me. I like that a lot. 
Um, but if they were smart, and the thing is, the Browns fans, they don't want to give up Baker in the slightest bit. They would rather do anything else, actually, than do that. Um, Some so of we'll have to though. see. But let's, let's get off yeah. the Browns. Let's get off the Browns because that's enough talk about the Browns for today. Ben, any other uh, kind of things you wanted to point out from this past week in, in uh, the NFL before we kind of move on? Yeah, I was just about to say, we're talking about the Browns way too much. Uh, the Browns don't deserve that much uh, that much of our airtime. Um, I'm just kidding. The Browns are actually really good. But I don't want to talk about the Browns because we already spent way too much time talking about the Browns and the Michigan Wolverines. This is a rough one for a lot of people probably. Listening so we're not going to – That's a Brandon special, about the talking anymore. about Michigan and the Browns. Honestly, that, that was that was I know, a that's like the two favorite I, things it, he likes to talk about. Those are two things I talk about way too often. Yeah, so I will move on from the Browns. But um, I'll give some credit to the Tennessee Titans. They had a great win at home against the Buffalo Bills on Monday night. Um, And I was telling Trevor before we recorded, this was going to be like the week after that game where I was going to say, the Titans aren't that good. I have no faith in the Titans. Now i got to hold off on that take for a little bit longer. I still don't think they're great. I think they're in a bad division. Um, But they looked impressive. Uh, And obviously they have the best running back in the NFL. But in today's NFL, is having the best running back as as impressive as having, having the best quarterback? No, okay? Um, so it's Derrick Henry's great and he's awesome, but I don't think that's as valuable as it, as you know other teams ha- or players on other teams. Um, so I will hold off on the, on the Titans for now because they deserve some respect after beating you know, obviously one of if not the best team in the NFL at this point, the Buffalo Bills. Um, another takeaway that obviously Trevor and you have interest in this that Cowboys Patriots game last week. Um, it was just a really good game. I I I don't really have a you know a bias towards either team. I I it just was really fun to watch. Um, and this Cowboys team continues to impress me because they just find ways to win. Um, and I guess going back to kind of what we talked about with college football, the great thing about the NFL is it's completely objective. There's no committee deciding how good you are and how good you look. If you win, that's going to be good for you. You just got to win, and the Cowboys continue to win. Um, so no matter what people think about them or if they think Dak Prescott might not be as good as he could be or stuff like that, which I disagree with, he's been great um, – the Cowboys are continuing to win, and they're continuing to show that they're one of uh, the best teams in, in the NFC and one of the best teams in um, the NFL in general. So I'm very impressed with the Cowboys, and obviously you got to be impressed with what, what uh, Trayvon Diggs is doing. He's got, I don't know, like seven interceptions or something, and he's my favorite player in the NFL right now because Cowboys fans both love him and hate him because he's like obviously amazing at interceptions and stuff like that, but he's also just terrible at, at covering wide receivers anyway, which is why people are throwing at him. Um, so I will continue to monitor that situation with Trayvon Diggs because he's he's my favorite player because you know he'll he'll have three interceptions in a game but he'll also give up three touchdowns in a game so it's like yeah he's great but at the same time it's like I would continue to throw at him too. Um, so it's just a couple takeaways again. I'm I've been very intrigued with this NFL season. I think this NFL season has been really good, um, and we're only what like I guess kind of like a third of the way through this season. So we still have a lot more to go, but. I think this this is this has been an awesome beginning to the NFL season. There's been great storylines, and I'm I'm super excited to to watch obviously um, this week and, and just the, in the coming weeks because I think there's some really good things. That yeah, happening. real quick, I I think we should really just take a moment to like talk about how impressive Dak Prescott has been. I mean, watching him, Absolutely. I mean, I've yeah. seen him play. I think three games now. I watched him play against the Bucks. He was incredible. Um, I saw another game than this Patriots game, obviously. 
And, I mean, three touchdowns, one interception. He was 36 of 51, 445 yards. I mean, it, it's it's like it's now to the point where we, we saw the talent, we saw the potential two years ago before the injury. He had a really good year, but it was like, all right, yes, it was a great year. Let's do it again. Then he had the injury. Now it's he's doing it again, and he's doing it better, even better than he was two years ago. Dak Prescott has been so consistent. Uh, just his ability to pass from the pocket. I mean, specifically, like, passing from the pocket, um, like, it's him and Brady are probably the top two in the game right now. I mean, because Mahomes, the way his game works, it's a little bit different. You can see some elements of that. But it's also scrambling, getting out of the pocket, you know, running where necessary, sidearming these throws, like, like these insane throws across the field to Tyreek Hill and stuff like that. And Kyler Murray's game is obviously very different. Lamar has a very unique game. Obviously, Josh Allen does some running and different stuff, but purely, like, passing from the pocket, standing in there, and just, like, going through reads and and finding, having the, just the, really, I mean, just, like, his football IQ is just at such a high level at this point, and seeing how he gets through those reads and makes these throws, I mean, it it was just impressive to watch, and as soon as we got Mm -hmm. to overtime, um, I was like, first of all, we have to get the coin toss, and... Because if we don't get the coin toss, it's an automatic loss. And then also, we had like that fourth down. I think it was fourth and three. I was like, go for it. If you give the ball back to the Cowboys, they're going to win the game. And sure enough, we punted the ball, and the Cowboys went down the field, and they won the game. So I was a little little upset about that. Um, the Patriots, at some parts of this game, look good. The offense looked better. Um, but overall, the Cowboys are just a really great offensive team, and Dak is an incredible quarterback. The defense, although it has been pretty – it has been decent – I um, am very wary about the. If I'm a Cowboys fan, I'd be very wary about this defense. I think all these interceptions with Trayvon Diggs, I I don't know if it's going to hold up. I think it's going to at least – it's definitely destined to decline at least to some extent. Yeah, no, well, for sure we'll, we'll have to see. Anything else you guys like to mention before we get to our predictions? No, I think uh, I think I'm good. I mean, I guess – one game that I just want to quick, quickly mention is Chiefs-Titans. Uh, this is the game I'm most excited about. Uh, it's the best game of the week, in my opinion. And I think it's going to be a shootout. Um, and I guess if you guys didn't have anything else, I was going to predict that game. So I could transition to that. Perfect. Do it. All right. Go so ahead. Uh, Chiefs-Titans. Um, what is the over-under in this game? I'm curious because I... Minus four and a half to the Chiefs. That's the spread, right? <laughs> not the over/under, you idiot. Over/under is fifty-seven and a half. Okay, so fifty-seven and a half. So Good if job. I'm if I'm betting, and I don't know if you should necessarily take my betting advice. Well, here's the. I mean, it doesn't matter because. I, and I, I definitely. Uh, on one point, <laughs> we are not giving any betting advice. Yeah, on this d- definitely not. This is your it's own. also after the fact, so it doesn't matter. But regardless, uh, this this game is going to hit That's the true. over for sure. It's not even a doubt in my mind. Uh, the Chiefs are going to win this over the Titans, I think, by three points. Um, I see a type of game like a 38-35. I see a shootout here. Big shootout. I think the Chiefs are going to win by three. So I, I guess I'll go next. I, I got the Packers-Washington uh, football team game. I'm going to take the Packers by 17. Very beat-up uh, Washington football team. They're very hurt. got the Packers yeah. by 17. Ben, you could finish out the pod for today. Yeah, so at first of all, I'd just like to point out I don't love this slate of NFL games today. I don't. Yeah, it's I'm actually not, not that good. It. I'm not impressed with it. You have a lot of really good teams playing terrible teams like Cards, Texans, Rams, Lions. Um, are the primetime game tonight, I love Sunday Night Football. It's usually my favorite game other it's than the Bengals. I look forward to every Sunday. It's a bad game this week, 49ers, Colts. 
Um, so there's not a lot of games I'm, I'm excited for, I'm looking forward to, other than the Bengals game, of course. Um, but I will predict the uh, Bucks versus Bears. Um, I think Justin Fields has had trouble at times, but you know, rookie quarterback, it is what it is. I think he'll play well today. Or today, I do. Um, I do think the Bucks will win, though. I think the line is eleven and a half. I think the Bears will cover. I think the Bucks will win by ten. Um, so I think it'll be a close game. I don't think the Bucks are going to blow them out. I think I think it'll come down to the fourth quarter. I don't think this is going to be decided mm-hmm. at halftime or anything like that. Um, bit of a, of a revenge game for Tom Brady. You know, last year he had that game against the Bears where he, it was fourth down, but he thought it was third down. Um, so you, you, Tom Brady's gonna gonna going to uh, you know look better today. I have two predictions: one Bucks by ten, but also my second prediction is Tom Brady will know what down it is on every single play. <laughs> what a bold prediction that is! All right, I think yes. we'll we'll end the podcast there for today. Thank you all so much for listening and supporting us. We really really appreciate it. Of course, follow us on Twitter at the Small Baller or click the link in the description. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five star review if you enjoyed it. Uh, But with that being said, thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons!